Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host Brian with my co-host Ben Brandell, and today we are going to be discussing testing, testing in the outdoors and testing within ourselves and the revealing and refining that can happen with that and how we become not only better people, but better outdoors men and women as well. So it's going to be a little bit of a deep episode. It's one we've been mulling around for a while, but we are excited to share this with you. But before we get started, it's time to give thanks. Brian, so many things to be thankful for. Just it, literally sitting down and doing 20 minutes worth of, of thankful thoughts isn't even enough. I mean, you can spend a whole day for how truly blessed just we are, period. I am thankful for real friendships, genuine friendships, you know, the people that reach out, people that care, serve, are there for you, the ones that you can in turn serve and help as well, just that real true friendship, whether it be blood or not. I guess that leads to love, mm-hmm. but real love. Um, friendships man so thankful for them yeah we need them and uh seems like you have a lot of acquaintances and friends over your life but really having those those true deep friendships that that are love and and that are that are more than uh, let's go have fun uh, Mm -hmm. those are rare but we don't really have the capacity to have a whole lot of those so having one or two or three of those a handful of those is feels really good um and be thankful be thankful when you do have that. I'm especially thankful for today. Uh, you know, in the last episode, I mentioned that family's been dealing with illness and healing, but I, I'm especially thankful for today the people that love my children um, besides me and my wife, because obviously we love them, love them dearly. But, uh, you know, from, from my in-laws to taking care of them for a whole week, which can be exhausting while I'm on vacation, to um, you know, teachers that reach out when they're sick, hey, are they okay? Are they are they getting better? That just to show those those signs of love and those signs of care to my mother adjusting her schedule to to watch my kid because he's got a fever and, and not caring if they get sick, just true truly sacrificing for, for the betterment of other people. Um to to sitters adjusting their schedule to to help with our lives. Just the people that love on your kids that aren't you. It feels really good because you love your kids so much. So I'm thankful for, for all of you that love my children. So with that thanks that we've given, I think it is time to, to dive into kind of a, a, a deeper topic. We've hinted at, at some of this before, kind of what we believe as, as far as outdoor skills, um, getting out of your comfort zone. We talk about a lot getting to that stretch. And, th- and this is kind of that. Basically, we call it testing. And if you are not testing, you're not pushing or stretching yourself then you aren't really growing, you aren't really learning. And a really important thing to take from that, Ben, is that if you don't go do it, if you don't go experience it, then you can't know where you need to grow. You have to have that revealing or that revelation of, man, I'm deficient here. Man, I fall short a little bit here. And what is so cool is that as long as we're on this earth, whether it's our, our character as a human being or the skills that we have, we're never done. We're never done. We always have the opportunity to grow, um, and that's kind of where that grace and mercy comes in from God. But an example to try to put what I'm saying in perspective of you can watch somebody use a bow drill to start a fire. You can watch it. You could even study how to go collect it and make it all. But I'm telling you right now, until you go do it, you may think, oh my gosh, I have watched, I could do this. Mm-hmm. I, ben, I've done it many times. Watched a, somebody tie a knot, a, 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 special, a special fishing knot, and I watch it, and I'm like, I can tie that. And then I go out to the garage, and I try to tie it, and guess what? I can't tie it. I've got to practice because I can't do whatever. You mm-hmm. know, I, there's a place I'm deficient, but I had to go do it to reveal that. Once you go try the bow drill fire, you're going to realize how difficult it is and you might be deficient in strength. You might not have the core strength to actually hold your body in the position and, and run that bow long enough to do it. You might Your knees may not be capable to do it. It is a physically demanding thing. But until you go do it, you don't understand the deficiencies in the areas in need of growth. 
Yeah, and I want to take it a step deeper because I feel like that is where you and I are digging into today, and it's a step deeper. You can go out and do the bow drill. Research. Watch other people. you got to physically do it. You, you may still not know why it works. Something that people have, if you, I've heard this a lot in my life is you just do it until it clicks. You know, now that I got older, people like fake it till you make it, this, yeah. this mindset, but you do it until like it clicks. Once it clicks, that aha moment that we say, that's what we hear a lot, aha moments. You know, when you snap your fingers together, I've been snapping since, I don't know, maybe it was 13. It wasn't until a couple of years ago that I truly stopped to think like, how is this snapping? How does this even work? And I didn't even realize that it's my middle finger slapping the meaty part of below my thumb. It has right. nothing to do with these two fingers smashed together in regards to the sound. Like, I actually thought that my two fingers smashed together was making the sound, not the clicking of the middle thumb hitting the, the meat of my hand. Like, I've been snapping for years. And it was this aha, this wake-up moment. Is this, now I know how to snap, but how is the snap working? And I think that's that's you and I as we get into the outdoors. We love the outdoors. We wanted to build this business meant to be outdoors. We knew it had an impact, and we didn't quite know exactly why. What is it? What's And so as we dig deeper into our research and as we really go experience it, as we begin experiencing it is when we start having this, well, why? As we have the why and we continue to experience it, I believe that's when the aha moments come about because we begin to to discover, learn. Right. Which, which we're starting to call growth or, or growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the outdoors is, I use the word reveal. And then the outdoors is such a great place to to reveal some things that you, you probably didn't know about yourself. Um, but with that being said, if you're only doing things that you're comfortable with, it's probably not going to happen at the pace you want it to. I, I do think even if you're, you're comfortable uh, doing things you're comfortable with, doing them outdoors eventually... Something isn't going to go perfect. It's not going to go right. And there's going to still be a trial or a test that is going to cause you to have to respond. That is going to cause some growth there. But so many times um, we go out and, and we we have this, uh, man, I didn't know I wasn't good at that. Uh, I think a really good, are we ready to share the U.S. Open story? Let's do it. So let's do it. Let's be uh, let's be open, vulnerable, and share the man. That was a that was a gut punch. Yeah, humbling to say mm-hmm. the least. Mm-hmm. Um, you you and I don't I'm trying to think of the words to say. You and I don't consider ourselves professional fishermen. However, we have both fished a lot. Um, we haven't had like over-the-top amount of success, but most of the time when we go fishing, even at a competitive level, when we haven't even really put that much work in, we're able to do okay. We're able to do okay. And the U.S. Open was a amateur, the, the largest amateur bass tournament ever in the history of the world, as far as anybody knows. The final prize was $1 million. Mm-hmm. And it so you had these put on by Bass Pro Shops, and you had these several different tournaments that you had to be in the top, I forget how many it was, you had to be in the top so many percent, 25 or something of the 200, you had to be in the top 10% of each tournament to make it to the final tournament where the million dollars was, but even in these little, I say little, even in these pre-tournaments, the qualifying tournaments is what they call them, the top prize was like $25,000, and so still big, big money. And this was at the very beginning. You and I had just, we had just quit our jobs. Mm-hmm. We had just quit our jobs. Mm-hmm. Money was a concern. Um, the tournament was actually very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, people stepped up and paid for it for us. Mm-hmm. We didn't ask. They just did. They was on their heart. They removed. They paid for it for us. We felt like, man, we are supposed to go do this. Let's go rock it. It they hosted a tournament right here in the Ozarks at a lake we know a little bit. We had a pro fisherman giving us insight to all this past pro history of this lake. And here, try these lures because it's going to be this time of year to go do it. Go do this. We took off. We set out. We blocked off our schedule. We didn't book anything. We were going to practice 
what was it, three or four days before the tournament. Four days of practice. That's a lot of practice before a bass tournament. I think the most you and I had ever practiced was one day, and most of the time we just go fish tournament, we don't even practice, but more times than not. So we're like, we're going to put four days of practice in. We're going to get so zoned in. And what we mean by practice, four days, you know, two of them was really planning, getting there, really doing a lot of research, and then then getting out on the water. Mm-hmm. So, But keep going because this is hurting hearing all this again. It's hurting. Yes, yes. Um, and we got, you know, spent money on the boat to get it all ready. We were taking stuff off of my boat and putting it on your boat, taking all our best stuff and putting it together, just trying to give us every study and maps and sharing all this info. And every time we're getting together and talking about it, just doing everything we possibly could do to give ourselves this edge. Um, that's all the physical. That's all that stuff. We also spiritually. We also spiritually, yeah. We yeah, fasted. We, we fasted in, mm-hmm. in many ways. We gave up, uh, was it, we gave up caffeine, sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did we give up? Meat for a while, I think. So, yeah. It's... We, we fasted all types of things for a pretty significant amount of time. Two um, weeks. Yeah, not not necessarily just for success, but for safety and for guidance and clarity and mm-hmm. what we were doing. And this was at the beginning of our business too, so kind of this 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 vision of what what do you need from us? Uh, so we fasted. Uh, we even tossed back and forth, like, do we make the drive? It's kind of I think it was an hour drive or hour a little over. We ended up divvying up the money for getting a airbnb room we, we end up spending thousands of dollars to to fish this tournament all the baits and gas and was that when we had we had one day the boat broke down we had to go buy new batteries Just for the boat batteries, yep. i mean we got all the junk out of the way in the practice and and uh just studying what the local guides were doing and all the local tactics and and who how guys were catching the biggest bags i mean we were really 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 invested in this and we go out, we fish the one-day tournament, and we bomb. I mean, bomb. Like, one of the worst days of fishing I've ever had in my entire life. We weighed one fish. We got 173rd place out of 250 people. Um, it It shouldn't have been that way. It should not have been that way. And then hearing about how... <laughs> hearing about... Knowing the way that we fished and hearing about some of the ways that people were successful fishing, which was some of the same lures that the pro said, here, do this, go do this. And, and we thought, no, we're going to go do it this way, which is a way that we had never done before, which is deep fishing, super deep, 50 to 65 feet of water, um, trying to find these fish fishing vertically. We had never done it before. And we thought we could do this because we watched somebody else do it. We heard about their success that they were doing for it. So we thought, we can do this. We understand this. Let's go out and do it. What we found out is, one, I learned about the fish behavior. When you see these fish on your graph at that depth, they're not just sitting there. These bass are not just sitting there. They're actually transient. Like They're moving back and forth. They may be in an area, but they're all over the place. Two, the electronics that we have on our boat, are not capable of doing the tactic that we were doing. Mm-hmm. We weren't even matching the equipment correctly to, to do what we were doing. And then, in the hindsight is that nobody else was really doing that, so we didn't need to be doing that anyway because we we're, we thought we knew it was going to have to be 25 pounds to win, so we're shooting for this big goal of 25 pounds and end up being 18 or something. Well, chances are if we'd have just went and done what we, what we were instructed to do instead of getting on our own thing and trying to be somebody that we weren't, um, we probably would have been close to that 15 to 18. Um, not exactly sure what we were supposed to get out of that experience or why it went the way that it did, but we did. I personally learned so much, like I said, from the electronics to the fish behavior, um, even to myself of stick, stick with what you know, what you, what you know, well, do it well. But had we not gone out and done that, had we not spent the money, had we not make all the sacrifice, our family sacrificed because we had to be away from them. People gave us their money. We felt guilty about that for the way we performed. Had we not gone out and done it, we wouldn't even be, we wouldn't even have the hindsight to, to go, we wouldn't know these things. We wouldn't know about the bass behavior. We wouldn't know that, uh, 
<laughs> you got to have the right equipment to do it. And so if we were, I will, I will never fish that way again until I have the equipment and go practice it, not in a com- competitive way. Um, I would never, I will never do that again. And, and unless I have a change of experience and a change of equipment. You know, my takeaway from, I'm still processing that. I, I am too. And it's, that, this is over a year ago, mm-hmm. just for context for everybody. It's right. been over a year. It's been a long time. And it, it hurt us. I think it hurt because fast forward to today, I'm in a completely different place mentally and spiritually than I was a year ago. And a year ago, really... Honestly, I mean, to, to be transparent with everybody listening, um, I was really looking at God as, as he's my genie, you know. Genie in a bottle. My Genie in a bottle. He's my errand runner. And mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's what I took away, the number one thing that I took away from the experience looking back at a, as, as a year is God's not my genie. Um, I don't truly deserve anything really <laughs> yeah um and let, let me keep going though because I, I want to you know i was saying that we fasted we we put in all this time and this work i mean we truly worked yeah. it was real work our money and other people's money yeah um did all this and did worse than if we would have just showed up and did what we always do you know so what do you how do you take that like how do you what's the process there? The the law of the harvest, does any of that even make sense? And, and all of this. And, you know, my takeaway is that I was truly looking for self-gratification. Like I wasn't doing it wholeheartedly for God. I wasn't doing it really for the right reasons. I wanted to go, I wanted to go win. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go slam and win. I wanted to, to show that I can. You wanted to hold the trophy and hold the check. Yeah. yeah hold the, hold the, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think there's a point that it's okay to hold the trophy and to have the check but it's it's when you're truly doing God's yeah. will, not your own. Yeah. God's God's work, not man's. And like I said, I'm still processing everything, but in a way, I felt I was a little blinded. Um and then second, I was very selfish. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that I was selfish. I think that's what I mean by being blinded. I I didn't know how selfish I was, and because we were a team tournament, and we were both just living in complete selfishness, it, mm-hmm. it just compounded it even worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. it when I got done that tournament, I felt so gross, I, and I don't mean like physically gross, like inside. I mean, I, I felt like distraught, like I was ready to quit fishing for the rest yeah. of my life. Like this isn't this is done. But it's that revealing. It was, it was that feeling of like, how could I have been so blind to the way that I was, the way that I was being. And, and that 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 defeat, it, it wasn't even that we lost. It was the way that we acted and the decisions that we made and the reasons we made those decisions. Like, we were blind in the moment, but the after effect revealed to us. Um, so now we are more refined because of that experience. And, and my point is, if we didn't go do it, if we didn't go through the hurt, if we didn't go through the pain, if we didn't go through 173rd place, Man, and the the flip side of that is, well, maybe the glass is half full. We could have hadn't, we could not have weighed two and a quarter pounds, and we could have been two hundred and fifty plates, and that would have hurt even worse because so, that somebody did that. Mm-hmm. So we could turn glass half full and say, well, we got to weigh in a fish. You got to go up on the U.S. Open stage. So it's kind of that that paradigm or that perspective shift as well. Because it was a it was an awesome experience. It was like. Maybe never get to do that ever again. I don't even know if they're going to have one like that. Just fishing five days in a row felt pretty good. It did. It did. But I remember you making the comment during the tournament. You said, this isn't fun. It wasn't. This isn't fun. Mm -mm. We were so stressed out because we didn't know what to do because nothing was working. Yeah. I mean, us personally, for me, I'll speak for myself. I tried shallow. I tried off the bank. I tried deep. Nothing was coming together, and I kept thinking, God, when are you going to do it? Like, when are you going to do this? When yeah. are you going to do this? And then I kept thinking, well, I got to do the work. I got to do the work, you know, in this back and forth, this internal conflict. I caught a keeper. 
Then I got to think, what's the point of this one? Yeah. We waited one, Brian. What was the point? What was the point? So, like I said, still reflecting on the entire thing, but my true takeaway is just how selfish I think I was through yeah. all of it. And it was it was self-seeking and something I, I heard recently that has impacted me and you know I've we've got we've got this board that we in our office here where we record where we where we write these things down that we we don't want to forget uh, God's goal is not your comfort his goal is your holiness it is he didn't if he if his goal was our comfort then we would have won that tournament if if his goal was comfort then your life would be would be filled with 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 perfection, and you wouldn't have these seasons of pain and these seasons of hurt and these seasons of loss. His goal is your holiness, and holiness is his character. So to be more like him, to have more of his character in you, and that's really his goal. And that's why we go through these things. Um, and we we could look at this tournament and just talk it, chalk it up as <laughs> we suck. That was dumb. But I don't think that's wise. And so when we go do things in the outdoors, whether it's a paddling trip, an overnight hiking trip, or just a day hike, a biking trip, a hunting trip, a fishing trip, whatever you are doing outdoors, have some reflection about what you learned, what you did well. Because you know what? We all have things we're good at too, dadgummit. Mm -hmm. We all do things that are well, and it's so rare for people to look at us and say, you know what, you're good at this. And so sometimes we have to do that for ourselves. You don't have to go tell somebody else, hey, I did this well. Just look at, you know what? I did this well today. I'm proud of myself for that. But also, you, on the flip side, you need to say, you know what? I probably fell a little short on that today. Maybe I could do that better next time. And I'm trying to think of a, a really valid example for that. And, um, you know, elk hunting is something I've never got to do but always wanted to do. When people go out for an elk hunt, they train before they go. A lot of people train, not everybody. Some people will say, I'm in good shape. Let's go. Well, you help, you hunt elk at a pretty high altitude. You get out there and you're trying to put these miles down on all this elevation and, and steep climbs and at altitude. And some people will get out there and find out their training wasn't sufficient. Or man, I maybe I should have trained before. You don't know how hard it is until you go do it. But the next time you go out there, you're going to know exactly how hard you need to train. And you're going to be able to prepare better. But without the first experience, your second experience can't be better. So you have to go out and do these things. If there's something you're wanting to do, if you've never put up a tarp shelter and slept a night in it, well, do it. Is it probably going to be a little uncomfortable and a little hard? Yeah, but you're not going to know how tough you are or how good your tarp shelter building skills are until you go do it and try it. So if there's something that's stirring in you or you've listened to our podcast before and thought, oh, that's pretty cool, I might like to try that, go do it. Go do it because you have to have the experience to reveal the areas that you need to be refined and to grow. We were talking earlier about trials and, um, you know, trials, kind of using the, the U.S. Open there really wasn't a trial for us at the time. You know, it was an experience. It was uh, this welcoming fishing day that this week that we were going to get to do. Oh my gosh, were we excited? I was so excited. Oh my, I, mean, I was shaking. I was so excited. Being outdoors, catching fish. Trying, for me personally, try, trying, I'm trying to, to catch, catch fish. fish, you know. <laughs> you actually caught a lot of fish. They're all small. They're small. Yeah. They just weren't getting any keepers. But anyway, the trial for me didn't come till after defeat. You know, like. Some would say, well, the trial is is going through that tournament, that experience of getting through that. No, it was after that. It was internally in my mind, and, I mean, psychologically it warped me. I mean, it messed me up. The trial was the two and a half hours it took to get our boat out of the water and get out of there because there's yeah. so many people. So many people. Goodness the, gracious. The drive back. So maybe it could even be the tucking of the tail, as they would say, on the yeah. dog of, of the just trying to understand, like, you know, the, the mindset, the goal of that tournament the reality of it is I knew you and I probably weren't going to win that tournament, but I truly deep down thought that we'd place in the top percentage to where we can move on. I truly right. did. And so it, it was tough. It was tough to pill to swallow. And that's where the trial began for me and in, in trying to reflect on everything that, that led up to this moment of how come, why, why not, what should we have done? Would we, and I still don't have 
if you, I still don't have the right answer other than we should have just been you and me. And I don't know where we got off so fast and so hard off track of not just being us and going and do what we normally do. I don't know how we got off the tracks that mm-hmm. quick. And to then to be blinded that we were way off the tracks. Like, right. how did that happen? Yeah. And what's crazy is, as I think we as humans, as we go every day, we get up. If you got kids, you get them ready. You get them either to school or to childcare, and then you go to work. And then you're at work all day long taking care of whatever it is. And then you stop for lunch. And then you go back to work. And then, oop, it's out. Pick up kids, get home, dinner, bed, Yeah. do it all over again. Same thing happens. We get off track. And we ask that question, how did I get off track? How did I get off? We've been, we just do what we're doing. How did we get off track? And I think that's when, when you're talking about revealing, that's when the trial begins. I don't think the trial is in that, it's it's right there internally that you're going to have to start truly processing through. Yeah. Um, But I do believe that trials, no matter what trials we have, they they do expose our unbeliefs. mm Mm-hmm. Which perhaps help you to to learn what are your real beliefs. Yeah. Are you what are you fearing? And you you really only have two options. Are you are you fearing God or are you fearing man? Correct. God or man, what do you truly fear? Or beast. You know, we talk about when we talk about the outdoors, people will throw up this excuse of uh yeah. lions and tigers and bears and this real fear of yeah. going into that experience. That's a good point. Yeah. Um but, but Man and God are um, positioned a lot higher than most animals, so it's it comes down to those two of of when you go out, are you actually fearing yourself, your insecurities? Mm-hmm. Are you fearing what other people might learn or find out about you? Right? Yeah. There's a lot there in regards to what happens in the wilderness and in the trials that um, as we're going through those trials. You know, I want to show this right now because it's it's Romans 12, and it's verse 2, and it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Currently, a gear... You know, fast forward a year later from that tournament, um, I feel like I have been awakened to this. I have been living this worldly life. And a year ago, I, I was blinded to that. I just, I, I loved Christ a year ago. Felt like I was living for Him a year ago, but I was off track. Yeah. And Amen. You know, I didn't realize that I was so con- conform- conformed. To the world. To the world. Yeah. And the wilderness exposes that. Even a fishing trip, a, a professional fishing trip. Yeah. And the reason I'm picking that is because I can pinpoint that we quit our jobs. It was one of the first outdoor experiences we did together as yeah. as, as a business, as a friend, like as friendships. like, And we were all in, serious, and was just stripped, just... Knocked off, knocked down. Yeah. You know, in the scripture you, you read uses the word perfect, and I, by nature, am a perfectionist, so much so that it has made um, things difficult in my life for myself and for other people. It impacts other people. Uh, it has held me back from experiences, and so I want to share this with you folks. Your life isn't perfect. Neither are your experiences going to be. Mm-mm. And so don't let that hold you back from going and doing them. Um you can't be in control of how it goes completely. And most of the time in the outdoors, there are so many factors and so many variants at play that it's not going to go perfect. But the glass is still half full because you can still look at what you've learned uh, through the imperfection and through the areas that you fell short. So don't have the fear of, man, this probably isn't going to... Because most of the time, it's not going to be perfect. Even even if you're just planning a car camping trip to a, a core campground at the lake. It's, it, it isn't going to be perfect. You're going to forget something, or it's going to rain one day, or your tent's going to blow away, or you, your firewood's going to be wet. You are going to have these things that are not going to make your experience perfect, but you are going to learn in that. You are going to be tested. If your wood is wet, the test is to get dry wood and get a fire, because if you don't have a fire, you don't eat. 
those little tests inside those experiences of imperfection are where we really truly go, grow. But you grow even more at the end when you have reflection of, of where you grew because it's easy to get off track. It's easy to just let all those things happen. It's easy to let all those things happen and we get this twisted perspective of them. Um, to We're talking about this off track. I, I'm just, I'll just going to be very vulnerable here. God revealed a sin in my life recently that I have lived with my entire life. There are lots of sins in my life that I have acknowledged, sins I have walked away from, sins sins he has helped me battle, sins that have damaged other people in my life. But there is one that I've read it in the Bible. I've read it, and I never even thought for a second, is that in my life? And he revealed to me recently, not only is it in my life, but it has damaged me. It has damaged my relationship with people that I love. It has damaged my relationship with my wife. It's damaged my relationship with you. It's damaged my relationship with my parents. And that sin is, is slander. And it is so easy to do because we live in a world, a gossiping world. And slander is basically anything that you say that is lowering another person. Anything that's lowering another person, and the next step is if you are saying it, it's lowering another person and putting you above them. I've lived my whole life trying to be better than everybody else, and it comes across as arrogant and pompous and rude and mean. And really, we're all insecure people. No matter how old we are, no matter how wise we are, we all have these insecurities, but we all have these ways of masking them. Mm-hmm. And that was my way of masking my insecurities. Mm-hmm. And my insecurities aren't gone, but God just said, Brian... I love these people too. They're your neighbors that I talk about in this Bible, and I love you, so stop it. And you know what I've found? It's really hard to stop it. Really hard to stop it. I've done it since he's revealed it to me. It's very, very difficult. But now that he's revealed it, I have the responsibility of working with him to refine it. And if I don't, then I'm not allowing room for his character to come in. And then I'm expecting him to just add comfort to my life. I'm not expecting this holiness. But holiness is the goal, not comfort. And just to be candid, there are churches. And there are people scarred from churches because they preach that the goal is your comfort. And and it's not. If we believe that, then you're not believing the gospel. It isn't the comfort. You think Jesus was comfortable with nails through his hands and feet on the cross? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The goal is his holiness, and that's why he is always refining and working in us. There are things that we are doing in our lives that we should be not be doing, and we don't even know what they are, and that is so, so fearful. But if we dig in and we ask him and we take time to reflect, he will reveal them to us if we're earnest and we, we really, truly want that. The other side of that is there are things that we do that we know are bad. Whether we're Christian or not, we all have the same law written on our heart. We all know that rape is bad. We all know that murder is bad. We all know that because God created the law and it's written on our hearts whether we follow him or not. So we all know that there's some things in our lives we shouldn't be doing. However, we downplay that so much and he can also reveal the depths and the brokenness of the sin that you acknowledge is there, but you don't acknowledge how real and how deep and how damaging that it is. And when you do acknowledge it, now you're giving him, you're 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 humbling yourself and giving him the power to take it away and for you to walk away from it. But you do. You have to humble yourself and truly acknowledge that. Um, and I know that was really deep and li- really vulnerable, and there's probably some people <laughs> that are family listening to this that may not have wanted to know that about me, but I'm just trying to be real because I think that can help somebody else. And right. if it helps one person, it's worth sharing. But I, it started a year ago, well, I mean, yeah. the, the whole process. I mean, it's, it started from, yeah, your birth, the whole the whole process. But what I mean is... You know, we are talking today about the outdoors, the wilderness, what it can do for you. We are truly talking about the physical place called the wilderness. You know, a lot of pastors will get up and and as they're reading through Old Testament, they find the word wilderness and they will relate it to it's this, it's just this internal experience. You know, they they act like the wilderness is this, this thing that happens internally. We're talking when you physically go outside, in the physical wilderness, it exposes you to your unbelief. Then, when you leave that wilderness and you get back to what we call our home, now you have the wilderness of the world. The wilderness of the world. Yeah. Like, but what's crazy is that sometimes you don't know that you've already com- 
form to the world. Mm-hmm. That's where you're blinded. And that's where man, our eyes have, have started opening to a lot of this. You know, you just talked about slander, and then that was true for me. I didn't understand the yeah. ramification. I didn't understand the true sin I, I don't of slander. S- I don't want to say give credit, but there is one thing that we're leaving out on this because we're, we're blaming ourselves and blaming others a lot, and we do hold that responsibility because of our flesh, we're sinful people. But Satan is deceitful. And he blinds us to a lot of this. So that is at play here, too. Um, so we also have to make an effort to to repel him and push him away. That is, it, we have to seek God and we have to we have to repel Satan. We have to do both of those things in this. But sorry, I just, I didn't want to, yeah, I no, thought that good. was worth acknowledging. Yeah, God, me, and the enemy. Yeah. Um, I think, though, that we've been, we, we have been stripped. We are looking back at, well, Let's look back at Genesis, um, the first sin. Their eyes were opened so much that they had a nakedness. They were embarrassed of being naked, like standing there like, oh my goodness. You know, their 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 eyes was open. That can happen in regards to when you find that you have been living in that sin. That Because that, when we're talking about trials, we're talking about being exposed, that's what we're really talking about is, is being aware of sin. I mean, that's... What else is there? It's, it's that's always painful though. Mm-hmm. It's never a good feeling. No, it's always pain, mm-hmm. and it's always discomfort. And we naturally want comfort, and we want our goal is this good, the good life, live the good life, live the American dream. But that is not reality for anybody. I don't care if it's Jeff Bezos. Any you find any anybody on this planet, and they're going to be able to tell you about a season of their life that sucked, mm-hmm. a season of life that hurt. We all are susceptible to it, regardless of where we live, who we are, how much money we have, the clothes we wear, the house we live in, the car we drive. It doesn't matter. Life is seasons. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're walking with Jesus, you're going to go through seasons. I'm guilty of this. I've gotten mad at God. Why me? Why do I have to deal with this? Don't I deserve better? But you know what I've learned? The struggle and the seasons... It's a gift. It's not a curse. Again, glass half empty versus glass half full. What is your paradigm? What are you looking through? The struggle is a gift because you are growing. You are being revealed. You are being. He's revealing to you what is wrong with you, and it gives room for his character to come in and for you to be refined so that you can walk a life more like him. And what is so beautiful about that is it's not just for you. We're so we're, we get so focused on the good things for us, and when things are bad, we get so focused on the struggle of this hurts me. Can't you just fix it and take it away? But he needs us to go through this for our kids, for our our wife, for our parents, for our friends, for our business, for our church. He needs us to go through this, so we can't just have this selfish view because it is so easy. Because he needs he needs us to go through it so that we can learn it and identify it. It goes back to what you talked about earlier about knots and and going outdoors and learning these skills. You can you can hear what we're telling you right now. You can read all you want to, but until you go experience and go through that trial, hopefully not alone. Hopefully you're asking. Jesus Christ to go along with you, yeah. But going through that—that's that is what is refining you. That's that's the process. And without you going through that, well, iron sharpens iron. You're going to have a dull sword. You're you're never going to come out sharp. I mean, uh-huh. you you have to go through that process. That is the process, and it is hard and it does hurt. That's where that's where most of the time when you're going to read and you're going to see where God's at with His people, He's right there with them through it. He's with them through it. Yeah. With him through it, he's he's helping you get through that. He's giving you the strength. It all comes from him. Because the actual problem that I felt like I'm identifying is when I'm going in the wilderness, and the things that are being exposed that I'm being exposed to that's revealing to me is that I am a very selfish person. I don't want to speak for everyone listening, but I'd love for you to to pause this right now to maybe wait till we're finished up. But truly think about what problems are in your life and why are they problems? What are the problems and why are they the problems? Because for me, what I found is it's it's because I want. People may say, well, what's wrong with you wanting something, Ben? Yeah. Leads to selfishness. Why do I want that thing that I want? And do I even need what I want? And then you get into, well, how do I get it? And now by looking at how do I get what I want, now we're impacting all these people around us. Yep. 
which leads to selfishness. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's me being selfish of getting what I want instead of truly looking at life of, of what is it that God wants yeah. and, and how can I serve him and how can I serve these people around me. I'd like to use the past tense and say what I've learned, but it's really what I'm learning, what I'm what I'm going through right now. Um, and we can look at, and I think everybody listening is going to connect with this. We can look at our lives and look at bosses that we've had or spouses or parents or friends and say, man, if they would just change this, our relationship would be so much better. My life would be so much better if they would just change. But that relationship with that person your boss, your your spouse, whoever it is, you have a part in that. And the biggest change that can happen is that you can get better. What what can you change in that? Because you, you can't change them. What can you change? How can you love them? How can you lead them? Like Christ would ask you to do that. So you can sit there and wish all day and think all day, man, if that person would just change, things would be better. But you're telling yourself a lie. You are mm-hmm. believing a lie if you believe that. So you really have to have this self-reflection. Um, and if you can't think of anything wrong with you, then get on your knees before God and ask Him to show you. Because you got stuff, and He's going to show it to you, and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt bad. It's going to hurt, but you still have to go back and give thanks that He showed it to you because the struggle is a gift. It is not a curse. It isn't. And the moment, the moment that you're having... One of these seasons of life that is awesome, that you're reaping the harvest. Don't forget what you've been through, because that's so easy to do. We talked earlier about what do you fear? Who do you fear? Do you fear man more or God more? That's another revealing I had. Is that's one of those things that I like. Like I know the PC thing, the politically correct thing to say as a Christian is to say that I fear God more, but then when I really sit down and look at it, I, I find myself fearing man more. Yeah, yeah, you're you're choosing what man's wanting you to do versus what God's telling you to do. Yeah, and that's and that's the really only the point that I have to make here is that if you are saying, you know what, I am perfect. I I don't need to change anything and you've you've dropped your knees and you said God revealed this. You better you better ensure that you've been weaned for man because the choices you make every day, are they for God or are they for man? Mm-hmm. And if you're making them for man, are you doing them because of what you want? Or are you doing them because of what God wants right. and is asking you to do it? And and that's it's tough to work through. It's challenging. I mean, I'm we're still there. I'm still there. Like I want to ensure that I'm doing what God wants me to do, not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It is tough, and and then and then in that there's there's patience and perseverance. So you have to persevere through the tough and the difficult. Then you have to have the patient patience for the harvest, and you and, and not knowing when that comes is is difficult. But that's where faith and belief are are powerful because um, you have to trust that it's going to happen. Uh, a, a more applicable example I can give, real-world example of that I can be, is farming. You don't get the crop. You don't get the harvest. You don't get the food. You don't get the money from selling your crops without doing the hard work first. Mm -hmm. You have to go out. You have to amend your soil. You have to plant the seed. Then you have to get rid of the weeds. You have to fertilize. You have to do all of these things. Then you hope and pray for rain. And you hope that it happens. It may be a good year. You may have several good years in a row. You may not have any year. It may not even ever grow. But even if it's a great year, what they call a bumper crop, after you sow the seed, pull the weeds, fertilize, do everything that you need to do, it takes a while. It takes season, a full season, before you get to go reap the harvest. You have to be patient. You have to persevere through all the work. You have to persevere through all the worry of, is it going to rain? Is the Are the crops going to grow? Are the locusts going to come? You have to persevere through all of that before you can reap the harvest. Mm-hmm. So my message to you would be this. Our life is the same way. We have seasons of life. So if you are in a period of life that is difficult, a period of life that is the sowing, that is the blood, the sweat, and the tears like the farmer has to experience, don't jump off before the harvest comes. Because if you run away from your farm before the rain comes, if you run away from your farm before you get to get the combine out and harvest the corn, 
then all your work and all your pain is for nothing. So go through it. Take accountability and responsibility for your role in it and stay hooked and reap the harvest. So there's a quote by Homer. It says, the journey is the thing. And I've spent some time really thinking through like, what does that even mean? The journey is the thing. Duh. <laughs> the journey is the thing. I, I have been out on, on many excursions, multi days, so a week long, you know, overnight trips where we're going up or we're, Heading up to 14,000-foot mountain peak and coming back down. And it takes several days to get there and to do that and the whole process. And it's all fun and it's all great, but it's challenging. But most of us, and I'm just going to talk about myself, me, me and I, I want everything now. And I'm, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. I want it now. I want it. Let's get in, get out, get done. You know, now, now, now. If I was to, if I had the superpower of teleportation, if we got down to the base of that mountain and I said, all right, I'm going to the top and blink my eyes and I open them up and I'm standing at the top and I looked around, I'd, I'd be like, you know, what? this is cool up here. It's neat. And blinked and I got back down on the bottom. What was the point? Like the rocks up there, are the same rocks as what's down at the bottom. Like right. it was my journey. It was what I had to do all the way up that mountainside with the people I was with. Dealing with the relationships, the people, the what they believed, what they didn't believe, what they didn't know, what, what I was there to teach them, what they were there to teach me, the whole relational aspect of it, the leadership side, being responsible. What is the responsibility? What am I responsible for? Who am I responsible for? Who has God placed me dominion over? Like, like all of those things, getting all the way up to the top realizing how amazing it is at the top but how even more amazing it is to get back home after being at the top so leaving home thinking i'm going to this most this coolest place the top of a mountain and getting up there and realizing i can't wait to get back home to see my wife and kids like this peak has nothing on them you know i had to go through the bottom to the top and back down, I had to go through all of that to understand it. Yeah, to have the revelation. For that revealing to, to come about of, man, that happens. There are many, many mountain peaks that we have to climb mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically in the wilderness. It also takes place in our homes. As long as we push and get outside what we have talked about before, the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. When we live in that comfort zone state, when we talked about being conformed to this world, it happens so fast. I shut the TV off for a couple days, and when I turned it back on, it's only a couple days. When I turned it back on, the commercials, it was this revealing of, man, I, I shouldn't even be watching these commercials. You know, I don't even want my kids to see these commercials. It was a revealing because I, I stepped out of that comfort zone. I'm used to getting home, turning that TV on, decompressing by watching it, right? And it changed when I turned that thing off and when I turned it back on. It's it's this awakening of I've got to I've got to stay out of this comfort zone. I've got to stay in the stretch zone where I can continue to learn and grow to what you said earlier is I want to be more holy. Is it possible? The Bible says it is. I don't feel that way. But if he says that's what I should be working towards, then I'm yeah. going to. I'm going to try to go to the mountain peak, even though it's hard. It's not fun. Legs are burning, out of breath. Still going to persevere through. And I believe that when we ask for God's help, Jesus Christ's help through that, he gives us his strength to do it too. And that helps. Yeah. It's, yeah. We're really not capable of it on our own without him. I believe that because... The, the goal is holiness and, and to be more like him, but we can't ever be him. We can't ever be perfectly holy and we can't ever be perfect like he is, but we can allow him to reveal these things and to make room. As we remove sin, it makes room in us for, for his character. Um, and so we can be more like him. But I hope you guys are understanding we're really trying to draw this this par this deeper parallel of, of life and the outdoors. Um, and as you look through the Bible, you can see Jesus' ministry was actually more in the outdoors than it wasn't. 
so I think that's a great testimony to how powerful the outdoors are. Uh, well, it's it's super powerful, Brian, because when you look at the Old Testament, just look at old history books of people hundreds of years ago having to live. They did not have YouTube yeah. or Google. They still went out into the wilderness. <laughs> right. And so much, I mean, it was so much harder those days. They didn't have the equipment, the technology, the things that we have today. And think about how much would have been exposed and how much they would have had to persevere through. Mm-hmm. Think about how blessed we are today because of those people that have went through that and thought, you know what, we need, we need better boots. Yeah, to go into the wilderness. I'm talking. It's it all runs back to to the creator, the designer. He <laughs> he exposes all those things for us. And when we come back, we want to help people. That's why we, you and I are sharing what we're sharing right now because we want to help people. And there's people that have a passion for making clothing and they want to make better clothing for people in the outdoors, better fishing equipment, better hunting, better paddling. They they have this this creativity about them because they want to help people with those products to go out and experience the outdoors. But don't forget that when you get outdoors, there there is an ex- exposing... Uh, there's testing. There's testing. Yeah. Correct. Thank you. Yeah, testing. It, it, so we're every time we go out and do something outdoors, we are testing ourselves, and, and we're our life is about testing. Whether I believe this, whether whether we are Christians or not, God is still going to be testing us. He's still going to be testing us. He's still going to be pursuing hearts. We have that choice to either harden or to open our heart to that testing. We have that choice in that in that time. Um, so maybe going out in the outdoors and having some of these testing experiences that that we can put ourselves into is good practice for the, this harder life stuff that is going to come for us. I'm thankful that the testing, is, as you read through the Old Testament, like in Genesis 22, God went to Abraham and said, take your son, your only son, that came to your wife's barren room when you were 150 years old, now that he's 30 and you you love him and you've got this great life, and tr- take him up to the mountaintop and sacrifice him for your sins. You've sinned against me. Take your one and only son to the top of that hill and s- not only sacrifice him, but burn him. Burn him alive. I'm so thankful that that Jesus came so that God would never have to ask us to make sacrifices like that. Jesus was our sacrifice for that. But the message that that God really wants us to get from Abraham having to take his son up there, he didn't end up having to sacrifice his son, but he was faithful that whether he sacrificed his son or whether God provided a sacrifice, that God was either going to resurrect him or he was going to save his son, he was faithful in this testing because he trusted God so much. But what God really wanted from Abraham was not the sacrifice. He wanted Abraham's heart. Mm-hmm. That's what that's all he wants from all of us. He wants our heart. Well, that's what you're talking about is trust. He wants, Yeah, he wants it's, our trust in him. Our heart is in him. Complete trust. And that's who are you trusting in during your trials? Are you trusting in your own, trusting in other people? Are you trusting in God? You know, Embracing the, the trustworthiness of God is, I think, what you're talking about, that renewal of of who we are. Like, it's a renewal because we're getting away from worshiping ourselves to truly worshiping Him, that we've yeah. we've got over that problem of whatever we're faced with. It's it's no longer selfish. You know, sin sin has is, is the reason why this world is broken and and in this broken world we were going to have trials every second. Even while we're driving down the road, somebody looks at you funny, you may set you off. You know, Be careful in that. Yeah. I, I don't have a mirror for you other than to say dig into God's Word. Right. And as you dig into God's Word, you're going to begin to see that you have selfishness, and to get over that, you have to begin to trust. And, and the trust is the deepest thing in any relationship, any relationship. It is trust. It's so easy to break and so hard to earn. That's where we get faith. Yeah, that's know? kind of something that, that I really realized when, when God revealed this this slanderous speech is that I was breaking everybody's I have broken everybody's trust around me because once once you slander if you slander someone else to someone else, well what is that person gonna think? 
well, he's going to talk that way when I'm not around too, right? Mm-hmm. So now nobody trusts you. Uh, and that, it hurt me, literally. You saw me cry about this because I was doing it to the people, literally the people that I, I loved the most, and I really do love all people. And I didn't even realize that I was doing it. That's what was. I didn't realize I was doing it. And now that God has revealed it, it was so blatant and so out there. It was like, how did I not know I was bad at this? How did I not know I was doing this? And that's that's something I would say to people is there are Christians, many, many, many Christians, when posed with the question, are you a good person? They answer, yes. And most people who are not Christians will answer yes as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that only Christians be good people. The message I'm saying is that there is no such thing as a good person. Zero. And I think that, that it gets misconstrued very easily that all Christians think they're these great people. But when you look at the law, have you used the Lord's name in vain? Would you use your mother's name as a curse word? No, you wouldn't. So why would you do that for the creator of the universe, for the person that made you? Have you stolen? Have you looked lustfully at another person? Have you lied? I mean, that's just a, a short little handful of the Ten Commandments. And I'm here to tell you right now, I have broken every single one of those, and I'm not ever, there was a time in my life that I would have told you I was a good person. Actually, more of my life than not. And I'm not saying beat yourself up. It's just this realization, this humbling of, you know what? I'm guilty. I'm guilty, and I need somebody to pay my fine, and that's Jesus Christ. He already did it. He already did it. It's historical. There's books that are written that aren't just the Bible that, that talk about Jesus being on this earth. It is a historical fact that Jesus was on this earth. It's whether or not you acknowledge him as your Savior, that he, was, that he died and was resurrected because of you being bad. We need him. We have to have him. And he's given us the most miraculous gift that could ever be given. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that I, I can't just get everyone, uh, I just can't get everyone to, to believe it. And it doesn't, it doesn't make, it doesn't make your life more comfortable. That is a lie too. Mm-hmm. Like people that aren't Christians will look at Christians' lives and say, well, you know, life's a wreck too. Your daggum right it is. My life is a wreck. I've messed it and wrecked it up, and I want God to do anything good with with it, with whatever days I have left. Whether you're a Christian or not, you're wrecking, you're messing up your life because we're sinful human beings. We're not good. We're not good. But at the end of the day, heaven and hell is before all of us. And and there's only one way to get to heaven. And heaven is is through Jesus Christ. It's hard because we live in a world that especially in America comfort yeah we we are seeking comfort um and because we're seeking comfort we're okay with fearing man more than fearing God and it's a lot easier it's easier because of the problem that most of us face which is selfishness of I want I want if I want something, it is easier for someone to give it to me Yeah. than for me to go work for it. What do you and I do all the time? We do this all the time, Ben. Why do they have that and we don't? Mm-hmm. Why, do they, why do they have that? They've done this and this and that. Why do they get to have that? Why don't we? Mm-hmm. That's such a selfish... I, yeah. I, I hate that I think that way, but I do. But now that... that our trials expose our unbelief now that we're aware of what we're talking about. Brian just shared with you the good, you know, the the exciting part that we have a limited amount of time on this earth. Your life, who you are, looking at you physically, spiritually, isn't for this earth. It's for after. And Brian just told you that to live forever is to trust in Jesus. Trust in him. It's trust. Yeah. We're all going to live forever. It's just where are we doing that at? Where are you doing it at? If you're headed to work right now, just start thinking about what is it 
that God is telling me that I need to die to? What do I need to quit? What is it that I need to die to? If you don't know, then ask. Say, God revealed to me, but let me tell you, be ready. And and, and be ready, because if if you're truly wanting that, it's coming. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be hard, but... When you're climbing that mountainside, Ben, you can't give up. If you would have given up on the mountainside you were climbing, you would have never got back home to your family. You know, some of the kids that that I took to the top of that, to see their faces at the top, they'd never been to any 14,000-foot mountain peak. So it was so awesome to see these, these kids realize that they achieved something great, you know, and they would probably even compare themselves to other people and be like, well, we did this and most of the world has it, you know, so. But it wasn't, it wasn't easy for any one of them. No, but the coolest, no, it was difficult for all of us involved. But it was when we came back down and we sat and we talked about that experience and what it took to get through that. That's when they started understanding areas in their lives that they were ready to, to die to, to fix. So something that I've, I've, well, something that's been revealed to me within the last two or three years um, is that the only thing constant in my world is change. The only thing constant is change. And I think that's coming from as, as I am stepping outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, I don't think you should say my, though. I think that's true for everybody. Well, I hope it is. Yeah. I mean, I I want to believe that it is, but I don't want to tell everybody that, that that's happening for them, but... In my life, the only thing constant is change, and, and the number one reason of that is because of death. There's there's a there's there's death. There's always going to be death until Jesus comes back, and so that causes change. And, and as we learn with death, um, there are these stages of grief that we've heard about and people talk about. And some people say there's five. Some some people say there's seven. In regards to that model and what that is, I am finding that when we die to anything. So, for example, you talked about slander. Is is you are personally working through this slander aspect of you want to stop that. You are going to be going through those stages of grief. And this awareness of this has helped me to understand of like, I want to get to acceptance. But there's a lot of things that I have to work through first. Just like a death of a family member. If you do not go through those processes and you rush through it because of this, I want, I want, I want it now, I want it done now, then it isn't healing, it's it's just coping. Yeah. What are the stages? Shock. Sometimes it's like disbelief, you know, and, and you can you can see that right now in that moment. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Denial. That didn't really happen. Did it? You know, but anger. Uh, just mad that that thing happened bargaining i think you and i have have seen that of well i have that yeah you know guilt uh an example of guilt that i should have i could have man if i would have just you know i wouldn't have this wouldn't if i would yeah we go through and then the stage they do say depression um that's a deep one I'll, i'll leave it at what that word says right there um, but the last one is acceptance and, and some throwing hope with it, but acceptance, acceptance of. Um, it doesn't have to be in that order, and, and who we are and our experiences change that up, but there's a process that, that is designed that we go through that if we speed that up just to get through it, you may not ever get healed. You may just be coping, and whew, yeah, we need to heal from those things, and that I feel like that is a cycle that's constantly going and going for everything, new job. New family member, death in the family, quitting a job, oh, meeting new friends. And we're not talking to those friends anymore. Starting a new church, you know, uh, it goes on and on. It's life. It's all these cycles. And, and as things are constantly changing, if, if something changes, that means there's a death of it, something. We could even take that as simple down as to maybe there's an outdoor activity you loved growing mm-hmm. up. Maybe it's not that popular now. Maybe you, you've jumped to something new and, and you've got this death to this old activity and you're going to go through these emotions of, man, I used to do that with so-and-so, but now right. nobody will do that. Well, now I'm doing this new one. It's really awesome. I wish I would have just started this 10 years ago. You're going to go through all those same emotions even with starting a new activity. Mm-hmm. So 
that sounds silly and, and simple, but 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 it's it's very true. Um, and and that new activity may be tough. You may stink at it. You know, uh, one of our friends and a supporter of the show, his name's Zach, and he he keeps posting these pictures of like these one wheels. You seen these one wheels? Mm-hmm. I look at that thing and how fast they go and the way they ride them, and I think that looks like so much fun. But there is no way I could even go out my driveway on that thing. Like, I know it would be a test for me to be able to ride it, but holy smokes, does it look fun. And I guess they get miles badges. They ride like 5,000 miles on these things, and it looks like so much fun. But those definitely weren't around when I was a kid. I couldn't even ride a skateboard, so it would be a test for me to do that. But it would be a great way to go see, to go be outdoors and, and, and put some miles behind you and see some area. I think they even ride them on trails. Yeah, there's all kinds um, yeah. I don't know. That that would be a, that would be a real tough one for me to get into. Um, and there's tough times of our life. They're going to come at us. It's going to be really tough for us to get through. Brian, the outdoors is is a, a place that you and I love because the creator designed it. And we love to spend time in it. And so, if if anyone listening is like, how can I start my journey? Where do I start? What do I do? That's why we're asking you. Go outdoors. Go mm-hmm. go find a place that you can go hike, walk, bike, sit down on a bench somewhere. Start off by doing it alone. Get out there. Go alone to be with the creator. That is what I would challenge anyone listening to do first if they didn't know what to do. Because the outdoors is that powerful. Creation is that powerful. Then begin to invite others and take them with you. I hope you guys don't find this a stretch. I hope you guys understand that all this is coming from love because we love the outdoors. And our goal is that you feel inspired to go try something new and to do something hard. There's actually some new studies out that science is showing that doing something hard makes you happy. Staying comfortable will lead to depression. I'm going to say that again. Staying comfortable will lead to depression. Go do something hard. Feel joy. Feel efficacy in your capabilities because you are special. You are awesome. You can go do things. You can go experience the outdoors, and the outdoors is the best place for that to happen. Then the other side of that, have some reflection. What do you got going on in you that you need to work on? If you can't think of anything, get on your knees and ask God to reveal it to you because he will. It'll change your life. It'll change the life of the people that you love. If you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for somebody that loves you. Because it... That gummit... <laughs> it's hitting home for me really hard right now. Um, sorry. Reflect. We can all be better. We all have room to be more like Jesus. And that process will never, ever end while we're on this earth. Know that we love you guys. We appreciate all our supporters. If you want to support us financially, you can find a Linktree account that has our Patreon account on it on all of our social media pages. You can just click that link, go to our Patreon, and support us. Whatever platform you listen on, hit the automatic download and subscribe so you're getting all of our episodes. Please share with others. We hope that you will follow our social media accounts as well. And as always, between now and our next episode, please find time to get outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.